0: to another podcast, and you're listening to Down to Earth, but Heavenly Minded, and I'm your host, Irv Rish, and we have been going through the book of Proverbs, and today uh, we are now on lesson 45, and uh, we uh, mentioned last uh, podcast, uh, or I did at uh, the end of the, the lesson that we would be looking at, uh, the offender's hope, and that is Jesus. Jesus is the offender's hope, and truly, that's where our hope lies in salvation, and also overcoming, uh, sins in our lives, uh, like, uh, uh, oh, uh, immorality, uh, stuff that we do that we shouldn't do with our bodies, uh, And abusing ourselves. So there's a lot to to take into consideration. You know, when we use the word immorality, uh, it covers a lot. Okay, for a few podcasts, we've been examining the serious consequences of sexual immorality. And we've been doing this in Proverbs 6, verses uh, 20 through 35. Well, before moving on to Proverbs 7, we should take uh, one last look at immorality uh, and its consequences. And remember how they fell upon the Savior Jesus. You know, we who fall for immoralities, promises and deserve uh, to die find life through the purity of the one who died for us. In other words, there is no hope for us without the one who died for us. Our hope must not be in our ability to resist. Though resisting, uh, you are being conformed to the image of Christ. But in his innocence, his uh, unresisting sacrifice uh, face on our behalf. You know, Christ died for the ungodly. He became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus keeps every one of His Father's words, uh, verse twenty, in uh, Proverbs six and John fourteen thirty one. Yet uh, He was numbered among the transgressors. We see this in Proverbs six twenty four and also Luke twenty two thirty seven. And the master becomes the servant. Uh, Proverbs twenty uh, five, or six twenty five and Philippians two six and seven. Well Jesus wrote the words of God on his heart, and we find this in Proverbs six twenty one and John twelve verses forty nine and fifty. Yet he still lost everything. Proverbs six twenty six, John ten, seventeen through eighteen, and did not go unpunished. Proverbs 6, verses 27 through 29, 1 Peter 2, verse 24. A lot of scripture here, but I hope you're taking notes and I hope you look up these scriptures, because this is exactly what they say. Jesus served the Father every moment of his walking, lying down and waking. Ah, Proverbs 6, 22, Mark seven thirty seven, But he still suffered. And a uh, cunning robber. As a cunning robber, I'm sorry. Proverbs six verse thirty to thirty one and thirty five, in Mark fifteen twenty seven, uh, and couldn't have looked any more foolish. Proverbs six verses thirty two, the first part, in First Corinthians uh, one verse eighteen. While well, Jesus was never. Uh, uh, Trained by the uh, uh or tainted by the uh, least sin he wasn't proverbs six verse twenty three first Peter one verses eighteen and nineteen yet God was pleased to crush him proverbs six thirty two the last part in isaiah fifty three ten and wounded him for our transgressions proverbs six verse thirty three isaiah fifty three verse five you know, despite his uh his immaculate purity, Jesus found rampant dishonor and disgrace. Proverbs six, thirty-three, John nineteen, fifteen, Mark ten, verses thirty-three and thirty-four. You know, though faithful to the end, Jesus experienced the the furious, jealous uh, revenge of a divine husband in Proverbs 6, verse 34, in Matthew 27, verse 46. Well, friends, look upon this one who was pierced for your unfaithfulness. Don't let him out of your sight. Don't turn from his his unbreakable love. Don't settle for anything less. We read in 1 Corinthians 5, verse 21, For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You know, when you gaze on Christ, uh, the counterfeits lose their appeal. And as we'll see next in Proverbs 7, you'll gain the discernment to unmask uh, immoralities, silly seductive tactics. Well, let's look at unmasking immorals' uh, deception. Let's unmask it. Let's take the cover off of it so we can see it. You know, Operation Overlord, and 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 this I remember all these things. Uh, I'm that old. I had a brother that was in World War Two. Operations Overlord turned the ties of World War Two when more than. 160,000 Americans, British, and Canadian troops landed on Normandy's beaches, supported by more than 195,000 naval personnel and 5,000 ships, and began pushing into Europe's continent. My brothers, my brother Jerry, my brother was among them. My brother Jerry was a hero. You know, While you probably heard of the d day Normandy invasion, you know, history tells us all this, you may not have heard of its partner invasion, Operation Quicksilver. That's because the Quicksilver invasion didn't actually occur. It was a spectacular deception. Yes, it was. And it worked. In Operation Quicksilver, the Allied Commander took their most famous general, George S. Patton, the general who the Nazis respected and feared the most, and put him in command of the first U.S. Army group, and it was called FUSAG. And they stationed him in Dover, England, just 21 miles across uh, English Channel from Padukhaugh. And I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. I think it's uh, Pas-de-Calais, France. It's a city in France. It's a hard one for me to pronounce. Well, F-U-S-A-G, Fergus, I don't know how you pronounce that either, had no troops except on paper. Its artillery unit consisted of rubber-inflated tanks, its transport trucks were likewise inflatable and useless for any real combat purpose. You know, the group's mission was to convince the Nazis that the Allied invasion would land in Pod de Cass on the and not at uh, Normandy, hundreds of kilometers to the southwest. It was all a deception. You know, Nazi agents uncovered in England, brought into the deception, and fed wrong information back to Berlin. You know, the Nazis' high command was so bombarded that they, uh, uh, bamboozled, I mean, that they were uh, continually reinforcing their defense on the pod decas for days after the landing at Normandy. They were convinced that the uh, that Normandy was nonsense, was merely a diversion, uh, a diversionary uh, force, and that the real threat lied in General Patton's immediate attack at at Kellis. Well, it worked. Now, why, why are we talking about all this now? Proverbs seven and the forbidden woman, okay. But you were expecting a post about Bible study and not military history, right? What does Operation Quicksilver and the frustra- uh you know—the troops that went in, F-U-S-A-G, however you pronounce it—have to do with Proverbs 7? What does it got to do? Well, we, like the Nazi forces occupied France, are under threat of immediate assault. You know, the forbidden woman is not our friend, as wisdom ought to be, Proverbs 7, verse 4. You know, the forbidden woman seeks to slay a mighty throng. Proverbs 7, verse 26. And her headquarters lies nowhere but in the grave, verse 27 of chapter 7. Her mightiest invasion are... Uh, assisted by a spectacular deception of smooth words, uh, verse uh, uh, 5 of uh, chapter 7. So be on guard. Be ready for her. It's just a deception. Remember that the forbidden woman in Proverbs is not any particular person, but she represents every enticement of sexual immorality that you and I, whether male or female, experience. If we don't understand her true tactics, we'll fall for her misdirection and continually reinforcing the wrong defense. Just like the Nazis did during that invasion of Normandy in uh, the false uh, area where General Patton was uh, over. Thus, in Proverbs seven, Solomon unmasks her deception, he exposes her true battle plan. Uh, he details her aggressive and seductive tactics, so we might be ready to fend them off. Will you listen? Are you ready to engage? Well, the logic of the passage flows as following: To prepare for the battle. You must lock and load with Scripture, Proverbs 7, verses 1 through 5. Know that those who look for trouble will always find it, Proverbs 7, verses 6 through 9. The enemy's tactics involved all five senses, uh, a few extra tricks, but they're not hard to recognize if you have the sense to do so, Proverbs 7, verses 10 through 20. Make no mistake, this battle is for the death or life. Which of the two do you want? Proverbs 7, verses 21 through 27. I bet you'll never look at Proverbs 7 the same way again after hearing this illustration. We're at war, and there's a battle out there. Don't be deceived like the Nazis were, and go to the wrong front. But go, go to the right one where the battle really rages. And that's uh, where Christ is our general. The scriptures say that he is the captain of our salvation. And he truly is. Well, we're going to end our podcast here. And over the next few podcasts, I'll unpack each section in more detail. So we're going to be in Proverbs 7 for a little bit here while we look at some of these details. Well, with that, uh, again, I'm just going to close with uh, God is out here, and you can find him. Just open up your Bibles. He's on the pages of your Bible. Okay, with that said, I'm just going to end my podcast. Thanks for listening, and uh, I hope you uh, enjoyed and learned something from these lessons that we're going through in Proverbs. So with that said, I'm going to end my podcast.